Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The love of the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. So my favorite professor in seminary began each class with a simple instruction. He would tell us to get comfortable in our seats, and then he would invite us to take a deep breath in and then breathe it out slowly, to take another deep breath in and then breathe it out slowly, and then he would say, breathe in God's mercies, and breathe out God's mercies to others, breathe in God's mercies, and breathe out God's mercies to others. So I want to invite us, get comfortable in your seats. They're padded today, right? Your back is supported. Um, get comfortable uh, and I invite you, whatever your posture is, um, to take a deep breath in and to breathe it out slowly. And to take another deep breath in and to breathe it out slowly. And to breathe in God's mercies and to breathe out God's mercies to others. To breathe in God's mercies. out God's mercies to others. The breath is the source of our life. It's this holy thing, this breathing that we get to do. Y'all know that I spent the second half of May on a, a voyage called Quest West. We took uh, about a do dozen college students out west, and you're probably going to hear more stories about that trip than you want to over the rest of this summer. Um, but we basically spent two and a half weeks uh, hiking and riding in uh, a 15-passenger van and another van across the, uh, the southwest and west. And, uh, and many of y'all know that I needed uh, that trip, right? Our session was really supportive, even though we had a lot of things going on here of me going on that trip. And personnel committee particularly was like, we hope you're going to continue to go. Uh, and so I did. And it took about a day of being on the trip for me to, uh, to finally take a deep breath, right? Maybe you've had that season in your life, maybe you're in it right now, where when you're in the midst of it, in the thick of it, um, you actually don't know that you're not breathing like you should be breathing, right? Until there's a, a moment of quiet and a few days of rest, and then you take a deep breath in that fills your lungs more than they've been filled in months. And it's at that moment when you realize, oh, I have not been breathing like I need to be. It's an interesting thing because the research would tell us that we breathe deeply and well when we feel safe. When we feel protected, when we feel welcomed, that's actually when we'll allow our lungs and our chest to, to expand and take in those deep breaths. So I was uh, hiking through many a valley over those couple weeks that I was out west. 
And uh, in each of them, whether it was the Grand Canyon or Antelope Canyon, whether it was Bryce or Zion or Death Valley, later Yosemite Valley, in all of those, I, I tried to take a, a moment each time I was there and begin my day with just taking a big, deep breath in. Breathing in the air, the dry air from the Grand Canyon, the sandy air from Antelope, uh, the, the dry air again, mostly dry air, y'all. Actually, I'm not going to describe the air. The air was mostly dry. We were in the West. Uh, breathing in air from all these places, okay? Uh, Yosemite was nice, and, um, but otherwise, we were in some arid climates, right? And I would take that deep breath in, and, uh, and when we were in our last day of the trip at Lake Tahoe, we were sitting around a campfire. I was breathing in kind of that, that smoky air. We were making s'mores with everyone. We were rem reminiscing on the last few weeks together. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, um, I, I've been taking deep breaths everywhere I've gone. And that's been really important to me because it's, it's helped me relax and feel safe. And, um, but it's also really important to me because I'm not going to uh, be able to evacuate all that air out of my lungs. So I'm going to go home to Memphis, but when I get home, I'm going to have just a a breath of Death Valley and a breath of Yosemite and a breath of Antelope and a breath of Bryce and Zion and the Grand Canyon. They're still going to be in my lungs. It, it might be significantly less than when I was there, but I'm still carrying that breath from that place. I happened to go on that trip with a friend of mine who was at birth um, restricted in her breathing. Uh, she had about 75% lung capacity and then she decided to volunteer to be a, a chaplain in the hospital during COVID. And, uh, and at the very end um, of the, of the um, let's see, Delta variant, she, she contracted Delta and has some long-term effects. And so 75% was drawn back to 50%. And so, so the activities that she used to love to do and go on hikes and, and be the most energetic of all the leaders, they, those aren't the same for her anymore. She has to adjust now to a new way of breathing. Still feeling full, but in a, a very different way. Breath, y'all, is a holy and sacred act. It is for me, it is for us, it, it was for the people of God too. Our Hebrew brothers and sisters, even their, their name for God, Yahweh, is actually, is actually a, a breath in and of itself. Perhaps you know this, right? Yahweh would be breathing in We don't speak the word of God in the Hebrew tradition. We, we simply breathe, and God is brought in and then shared with the world. Yahweh. Walter Brueggemann says that the Bible struggles generally to find adequate vocabulary to speak about and name this unutterable, irresistible, undomesticated force that surges into the history of the world to liberate and to heal and to remake and to transform. And so we are left with this code term called ruach. To speak about what we know that we cannot even say. Ruach is the Hebrew word for breath, but it also means spirit, and it also means wind. And so Ezekiel is brought in this vision by the divine into a valley full of dry bones. There are many of them, and they are very dry. He wants us to get the picture. There is no life in this place. 
And the divine asked, can you see, can these bones live? Prophet of God, can these bones live? Ezekiel rightly says, you know God. You know the answer to that question better than I do. And then Ezekiel is commanded to prophesy. First to the bones, and they rattle together. And then sinews, and then skin. And all of a sudden, where these bones have been strewn out across the valley, there's this mass of people, human beings incarnate in front of Ezekiel. But they're not alive. And then God instructs him to to prophesy to the four winds, to draw from east and west and north and south. Y'all remember we ended worship last week with, in Christ there is no east and west in him, no south or north, right? Ezekiel is called to, to draw that ruach, the wind, from each of the corners of the world. And then to breathe it upon that valley. And then all of a sudden, that which was dead is alive again. These bones, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They are the whole group of the faithful, God tells Ezekiel. The dry bones of Israel, they shall know that I am the Lord when I open their graves and bring them up from the graves. And in verse 14, God says, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. And if we are to imagine that God is, is drawing us into that valley this day, it's, it's not hard for us to place ourselves there. The valley is a place of, of grief. It's a place of disconnection. It's a place of separation. It's a place of despair and discouragement. And so it's really not hard then for us to place ourselves in that valley. It's not hard for, for you to place yourself in that valley, that place of despair, disconnection, separation, whether it's at work or at home or at school, in your personal life, life or in your spiritual life. We all have those valleys, each and every single one of us. If we are to imagine that valley as our soul, then we can probably name some things that feel disconnected, that feel discouraged, that feel separated. If we are to imagine the world then also as that valley, it's not hard to imagine that either. As we see continued violence, as we see a lack of will to really do anything to stop and protect God's people here, it's not all that hard to see our world as inhabiting the valley. But then in the midst of that valley, we see these bones begin to rattle together at the words of the prophet. And we see God breathing life back into the people, Ruach, the winds drawn from the four corners of the world. We ask ourselves in our personal valleys, in our communal valleys, how does God put things back together? How do bones, scattered, separated, how do they how do they come back together by the power of the divine? How does God enliven that which is dead? Mary Oliver asked uh, an important question. 
listen, she says, are you breathing just a little and calling it a life? And I wonder if Oliver's question, her poetic question, is actually a question for you this day. I wonder if when you listen to your breathing, you're breathing just a little and calling it a life. I wonder if her question isn't just a question for you, but for the church of Jesus Christ. If we're talking about being the body of Christ in the world, I wonder if it's a question for each and every single one of us. Are we breathing just a little and calling it a life? Or are we, the people of God, willing to be led by the divine into the places of disconnection, into the places of separation, into the places of despair, in our neighbor's lives and in the life of our world? Are we willing to listen and then to speak prophetically to a world that is in deep need of it? To speak radical prophetic words of inclusion? To speak radical words of peace? Are we willing to take measurable steps to prophesy to all the dead places in our world? And then, are we willing to trust that the words will not be enough? And instead, we will need the Spirit of God to come from every corner of this world and to fall upon those dead places to bring new life. Here's what I think our invitation is as we explore what it means to take deep breaths in. I think our invitation is to pay attention to our breathing this week. When you go home from this place, maybe even as you're seated right now, are you breathing just a little and calling it a life? I invite us as individuals, but also communally, to take a deep breath in of God's mercy and then to breathe it out to every person you meet this week, to share the mercies of God with every person whose eyes you look into this week. And I wonder, I wonder if your presence and your breath of mercy and love might enliven them again. Scripture tells us that we will know that the Lord is God when God opens the graves and brings us up from them. And when God puts God's Spirit within us that we might live. As we discern what it means to be the body. Let us be ever attentive to the, the holy and sacred act of deep breathing, born of Ruach, and loosen the world. I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Good and gracious spirit, as you were drawn by the prophet's words from each corner of this world, we pray that you would draw once again here. We pray that you would fall fresh upon places in our lives that are disconnected, whether it's our connection to our church or our faith life, to our family, or to the calling that you have placed in our lives for our work, whether it's into a friendship or our parenting, we pray, Lord, that you'll breathe life into those places by your Ruach. Not only that, Lord, but we pray that you would enliven your church once again, that we might claim the power to prophesy speak prophetically in the ways that you're calling Idlewild Presbyterian Church to be prophetic. To do that not only 
through our preaching and our teaching, but most especially through our advocacy, our showing up to be the body of Christ to one another. Help us to take deep breaths of your spirit this week, O oh God. Help us to breathe in your mercy and to breathe it out to everyone we meet. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit,